Welcome to Let's Talk Sales, the podcast that's all things sales and business development. This podcast series is for CEOs that want to build strong companies, for sales VPs and sales managers that want to take things to the next level, and it is also for salespeople that want to learn, grow, develop, and be the best. So you've come to the right place. Thank you for being here today. And this podcast is brought to you by the Criteria for Success Sales Growth Program. Are you looking to experience a breakthrough in your team's sales? Have you tried sales training in the past but were unable to make it stick? The Criteria for Success Sales Growth Program is a year-long engagement that combines sales and leadership training, a digital sales playbook, and a coaching and accountability process that will change your sales culture and drive sustained growth. Learn more at criteriaforsuccess.com. Today's podcast is part of our CFS Talks Sales Series, where we, from our very own team here at Criteria for Success, share sales ideas, techniques, tips, insights for our audience, you listening in, CEOs, sales managers, salespeople, sales, sales, sales. How many times can I say sales on this podcast? (laughs) But this podcast is all about growth, improvement, and producing breakthrough results. This is Rebecca Toomey. I'm hyped up today because I'm here talking to our very own sales and marketing coordinator, Ariana Miskell. Hello, hello, hello. (laughs) Thank you for being here, Ariana. You're welcome. As you were just saying sales a thousand times, I always get this weird anxiety when I do these podcasts that I have like a lisp that appears and I I, hear it now, but I don't know if it actually exists or not. It's Um, it's only here for the podcast. It like appears when I have a podcast and then I can't say the word sales and like whatever. Well, we're having a lot of fun today because Ariana and I are holding the fort down. Charles and Elizabeth are out training doing a sales and leadership training today, actually. So we are uh, having a party Yes. Running the roost. There's confetti everywhere. The disco ball (laughs) is out. No, but seriously, Charles always jokes whenever he's about to go out of town, you know, keep the parties to a minimum. I bet, you know, and Elizabeth's joke is that she'll always pull out the disco ball. When he leaves, but we don't actually have one, unfortunately. You know, maybe we should get one and make it a joke when he comes back from a trip, just totally trash the office and leave it crazy. I have one at home if you want me to bring it in. Bring it in, man. Bring it in pretty crazy <laughs> used to use it in college but the fun's over so now I have the no use for it the fun is over no we gotta <laughs> still have fun we're having fun at work right yes and that's actually what our topic is today we're talking about we're not talking about having fun at work necessarily but we're talking about learning culture can bend it to that <laughs> <laughs> but that is part of having a learning culture yes, right it is, is and having a positive healthy culture in an organization is having the type of culture where people can have fun together I believe that is the truth. And they can have parties at work and use the disco ball. And still get work done. Yeah, totally. So Ariana, you recently wrote an ebook on this on the topic that we're talking about. And your ebook is called The Ultimate Guide for Creating a Culture of Learning in Your Sales Organization and Beyond. Very excited to talk about this. Oh, I'm very excited. <laughs> yes, this has been such a fun project tumultuous i would say it okay. was a big undertaking for me but it's all a part of the learning culture that yes. we are going to talk about on this podcast yes definitely so thank you again for talking about the ebook and for really getting into learning cultures can we just start by having you share a little bit more on the ebook and why you're excited today to share more about it and also what the heck is a learning culture okay so i'll start with why i'm excited <laughs> 
So, and I actually, I'll, I'll start with why I said that it was tumultuous because <laughs> a learning culture is very abstract. And that's why I'm excited to talk about it on the podcast because there's only so much that you can articulate in the form of an ebook. Yes. Um, and I think that was one of my biggest issues is like trying to funnel all these ideas I had into my head onto a very limited Word document, mm -hmm. you know, that you're going to design and make beautiful. Um, but I think that that's what I'm most excited about here at Criteria for Success. We really have what I think is a great learning culture. That's um, one of the reasons why I love working here. To us, I'll say that having a learning culture means that every step of the way at work, no matter what you're doing, you're always looking to get something new out of it, um, question the process and question the method to see if there's a better way to do it or um, maybe a more efficient way to do it or if you could better yourself while doing it, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I think that in a learning culture, it's also about discovering in, and something that we talk about a lot in sales is discovering our prospects' problems, right? Yes. Us being better and always being in a mindset of learning is going to make us better for our prospects because we are developing and growing and we're not just stuck in this stagnant place. And it, it relates to how you sell. If you're always looking to ask questions and figure things out when you sell to prospects, you will naturally become a problem solver. Um, and it's, it's natural progression and it's all part of the learning culture. And that's why it's especially important for sales teams to have a learning culture. Definitely. You gave a really good example that, and I love how you started the first chapter and how you say, you know, learning doesn't stop once you stop going to school. Yep. Once you graduate. You know, I always say this to my husband, but he hates when I say this. He, he likes to talk about higher education and, you know, like things that you learn in college and stuff. And I'm like, man, you don't learn anything in college. Everything that you learn is on the streets. Everything that you learn is in your job, your yeah. day to day. Because when you're in your day to day, it's going to be different than what you're learning in a classroom setting. I think it all goes back to, and this is when I get, I don't, the word confuse isn't right, but learning culture means something different for everyone. Um, so when I think back to like my education, for example, I went to Fordham University, great school in the Bronx, Gabelli School of Business, shout out to any <laughs> alumni. Um, Holla. <laughs> but they actually, I want to say that the university themselves has a learning culture. Beyond teaching students, they um, reprogrammed the business school so that they realized that, okay, for business, you can only teach so much in a in a classroom that's going to translate to the office. Mm -hmm. um, and thank God, I feel like they prepared me very well for you know coming to work here at Criteria for Success because they incorporated like real life struggles and things that you <laughs> learn at work mm -hmm. um, into the classroom. And and to me, that's them adapting and and learning with the environment and making sure that they provide the best education for their students. Mm -hmm. um, which is what I believe that I got. Yeah, very and cool. That's that a great example. But I will say too, I my boyfriend is in law school right now and I'm working. So it's funny to see the difference. You know, we're both the same age, um, both the same distance away from undergrad. But it's funny to see, I feel like the things that we both struggle with the most are the most similar. It's like, oh, well, what do I say to this person in an email? Or like, how do I ask for this mm -hmm. without sounding poorly or rude or whatever um and especially with law school it's kind of just hazing yeah and that goes back yeah. to like the education it's like you just got to get through it to then 
figure out how you can actually be a lawyer mm -hmm. because they don't yeah. teach yeah. you that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's talk about the difference between a learning culture and a non-learning culture then. So if you didn't have the mindset of learning and development and you were going to send that email, you probably wouldn't even think, am I saying the right things? Am I wording things the right way? You would just type your email and you would send it off. If you didn't have that mindset that you want to grow as a person, you want to be better, right? right. Now, take that same person and put them in a learning culture where they're encouraged to come to someone else if they don't know the answer. I think that if if you weren't in a learning culture, the scenario would go something like, you're a new salesperson and your manager says, hey, if, you're, if your prospect says this, here's the email template to use. Okay. If you're, and you're gonna say, okay, and then you're gonna copy and paste that email template into everything and, there you go. and change the name and whatever else you might tweak, but you're gonna use the same email template. You're not gonna question it because mm -hmm. that's, what's, that's what the company does. That's what they've done for years. And that's what you see other people doing. If you're in a learning culture, you're gonna, your, your boss will say to you, hey, these are the templates that we use. Feel free to use them. Feel free to update them in our playbook, um, which is what happens a lot here. Um, or feel free to write your own, but I just want to see it so we can share it with the team if, it, if you're successful with it. Yeah, that's such a great point. And you bring up a great point about using the playbook as well. We use the playbook, our own person, you know, our own playbook within criteria for success, we have one that we use internally and it's got some email scripts in there. And so if let's say Charles use an, uses an email script and it works really well for him and he uses another one for a long time and it doesn't work well, he can say, hey, Rebecca, I used this one and it worked really well for me. Actually, you and I have done that a couple of times where we've said, Hey, do you have a do you have a working template? You know, there's a difference between having a script that works and a script that doesn't, right? Right, and I think that it's really important if you want to learn, you have to know where you started, and that's why I love the playbook because I I look at my email templates from like when I first started and mm -hmm. what I would say, and they're so rigid and just like <laughs> they don't sound like me at all, um, and so that's a learning experience for me, seeing where I was and seeing where I am now. So that, I think that's a part of a learning culture too is like really like benchmarking your progress. Yeah. That's actually one of uh, the questions I'd love to ask you about is your experience at Criteria for Success because you are essentially onboarded into a company that lives and breathes off this premise of learning. So how has it been for you as an employee coming in? How have you grown and how do you feel now? I want to first start by talking about how I can compare like my experience working post-grad versus a lot of my friends. Okay. Um, Right off the bat, I had a, I would say, a completely different experience. Um, I was really encouraged to try new things. I was encouraged to fail, and I <laughs> failed many times. Um, and because of the environment that we have, I wasn't afraid to fail. And you guys weren't afraid to let me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that for a lot of my friends, especially um, maybe at very large corporations, it's hard you can't really mess up because the work that you're doing, um, I don't want to say it's very administrative or whatnot, but I've found that at Criteria for Success, because we value learning so much and because it's a, literally a part of our mission, we teach to our clients you know, how to instill this very culture into their own firms. I think that I was able to adapt and really like benefit from trying new things that's the honest truth mm -hmm. I, I remember when I first started um, we wanted to tackle the inbound leads 
and I was all revved up to go fresh out of school. I was like, yeah, I'm going to call these people. <laughs> They're going to answer me. We're going to have these great phone calls. I actually think I tell the story in the ebook. Um, so I would like take my phone into the conference room every day for two hours. I'd reach maybe like one person a week. <laughs> and, you know, whether or not the phone call was great, I was definitely learning. I was definitely uncomfortable. I remember how nervous you used to get and you would be it. dialing those numbers just like so nervous and then they yeah. wouldn't answer the phone. And I'd be relieved. <laughs> <laughs> but still, you know, it, it was a learning experience for me. I was not in my comfort zone. You guys kind of, you definitely trained me, but you also let me make my own mistakes because I really feel like in order to learn, you need to discover how things work yourself. Yeah. Um, I talk about in the ebook behaviors versus skills and how in to have a good learning culture, you need to understand the difference, especially as a manager. So you can teach a skill. Like I, my mom taught me how to make a phone call when I was probably five years old, calling my friends, hi, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, is <laughs> Rebecca home? Like, can I talk to her to mm-hmm. go play outside? So I know how to make a phone call, but then you turn the situation into, I'm calling an executive a vice president of sales at some company and they're, I don't know, it's just intimidating. It's different. My skill of making a phone call completely falls apart, <laughs> right? And that's the difference between a behavior and a skill. And so I think that that's why I talk about DISC and personality assessments and everything in my ebook. Um, that's a huge part of a learning culture. Yeah. Can you speak to that a little bit and behavioral assessments and the role that behavioral assessments play in companies that are trying to develop learning cultures? So we might have some international listeners, but here in the U.S., there's a lot of reform going on with the school systems um, and the way that they teach kids, especially because we live in a different world where the internet exists and information is everywhere. Um, And one of the quotes that I really like is that it's something along the lines of you can't teach, you can't expect a fish to climb a tree. So it's basically saying that like all, all people are different, all people learn differently. Definitely. Just because one person might not perform at one thing doesn't mean that they're a bad salesperson. Mm-hmm. Um, it just means that they might be better at selling in another capacity. Um, and that's where the behavioral assessments come into play. So we, I know we had another podcast on this, so I'll keep this brief. And then in the show notes, we can link to the other episode that goes more in depth about it. But basically... Everyone has a different style of communication and behaving. And based off of those styles, depends on how well they'll be able to perform a skill in a specific scenario, Mm -hmm. right? Um, It shows maybe how well they'll be willing to fail in front of a prospect um, or how willing they'll be able to get on the phone versus sending an email or going to a networking event to to find new leads instead of um, getting a list generated for them. Mm -hmm. And those are just some examples of how if you have a learning culture and you're aware of these differences, that you'll be more likely to, you'll just motivate your team more and they'll perform better. Definitely. Yeah, and we also did a webinar. Actually, Elizabeth gave a really great webinar for us on how to sell to different personalities. And that's also based on DISC you know, the DISC model, which is really cool. So we'll, we should throw that into the show notes yes. too for anyone that's interested in learning more about behaviors and how understanding the behaviors of employees is going to help you as an employer. It will help you to understand them 
And it helps them understand themselves. Helps them understand themselves. And then even other people to understand each other. We do something really cool here called the disc wheel, where we put every single person in a company on the wheel so that everyone can see where everyone else is. And it's always funny because the people that are similar, of course, are always like, oh, you're a high I, me too. Or you're a D, oh, me too. That part of it is cool. It's cool for the camaraderie. But I think that it can also help the sales reps themselves to understand each other. Oh, definitely. I loved, I, I took that when I was in the interview process, I think, yes. working here. Yes. And I thought that was so cool. I learned a lot about myself and I don't, um, I don't know if, so there's certain things that I was kind of like, well, <laughs> I wonder if that's true. Like, <laughs> I remember one part was attention to detail. Like I, because of my behaviors, I might lack attention to detail. Um, but that was something that was pointed out to me. And I still, that was years ago I took this. I still make note of that. And I try to focus on my details. <laughs> but That's good. And you're using it to make yourself better. Yep. And then just and learning learn. from it. And definitely, I think it's a really great asset to have if you're looking to develop a culture of learning. Definitely. Cool. Yeah. And now in the ebook, you also reference our team here at CFS, Charles, Elizabeth, and myself. Can you share a little bit more with the audience on how you incorporated us into the ebook and why? Well, I just included little snippets. That's the easy, um, easy question to answer. But the why is more important. It's because I feel like we're all we are all such a huge part of our learning culture. It couldn't exist if we weren't all on board. Um, it's literally it's embedded into the way that we talk to each other, into the way that we have our meetings, into the way that we give constructive criticism. Um, you know, we're able to be the company that we are because of the culture of learning we have. Mm-hmm. We are a pretty small team and we're able to crank out a lot of great content for our viewers. Um, it's like having a rock concert every month. Yeah. The, you know, it's a big, it is. it's a big number of people that come onto our website, it is. including the ones listening to this podcast right now. So thank you for your support. But I really do think that because we're able to say, hey, listen, I don't know if that's the best way to do this. Or mm-hmm. I can ask you guys, hey, I'm kind of struggling on this. Can you help me with it? Um, and I think that this ebook is a great example of it because, like I said, it was I found it difficult to kind of conceptualize what I wanted to say and the entire team helped me with it. It wasn't just like, oh, figure it out or, oh, we'll assign it to someone else. It was literally a learning experience for me. Um, I think this is one of my most challenging yet rewarding eBooks because I spent Labor Day weekend like, oh my gosh, my eBook, my eBook, my (laughs) eBook. But it's, you know, I'm, I'm proud of how it turned out and I hope that you guys enjoy it too but I really do think it's because of the learning culture we have and when I was going through it with Charles he was we were like laughing about it we were like oh it's funny how this ebook kind of manifested exactly what it's talking about in the process of developing it yes um so I think that's pretty interesting too. I thought that was so cool that was that's such a cool aspect of this ebook is that it was a collaborative thing with the team mm-hmm. that it ended up being something where we all learned something right from it and I have to tell you Ariana I'm so proud of you thank you I literally hugged you when I read the, the final draft I was like yes this oh, is it I was so this relieved so if you want to grab this huggable version of the ebook you can grab it from the show notes it's at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 81. And I want to point something out too. The last ebook that Ariana wrote was Ariana. Ariana. <laughs> Ariana wrote was Pod Six. 
So we have wow. come a long way, Pod 81. It's a lot of podcasts. It's a lot of podcasts. It's a lot so. of hours of talking. It is. And it's a lot of hours of you editing this podcast. Yes, it is. And me talking a lot. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you listeners for listening to me talking for 81 episodes and listening to Ariana, who Ariana, I keep saying that. I'm sorry. It's Ari- like the lisp. It comes Ariana. out. It's like when you're in front of a microphone, you just, you can't say things the right way. I used to say your last name wrong for at least the first like 10 podcasts, I think it was, before you were like, hey, uh, my last (laughs) name is Miskel. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) We all have our things. We tease Charles because he calls me Rebecca. And Arianna. Arianna. So we've all got our things. Yes, we do. (laughs) Arianna. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Now, in the ebook, you have three chapters. You walk us through why having a learning culture is important. Then envisioning the ideal learning culture for your team, which goes into how the reader can envision a learning culture within their own organization. And then the last chapter is about how to actually create a learning culture. So I love the flow of this ebook because it really leads readers through the entire process from why learning cultures are important to organizations to how they can develop a learning culture for themselves. Is there anything else that you would like to add about what readers are going to learn, or is there anything that you didn't include that you think that readers should consider? I think the most important thing that I want to point out is, and this is something that you and I went back and forth on, is I could not think of a process. Usually the way our eBooks work is we give a very clear process on how to do something, but Mm -hmm. when it came to a learning culture, I sat there and I was thinking, There really is no definitive process that you can take step one, step two, step three to create a learning culture. It's more so about like having the right mindset and understanding why it's important, being able to get your team on board, and then knowing for your unique team or company what you need to do to get there. Um, One thing that I really like about the ebook is it starts with figuring out envisioning a culture of learning for your own team. So it starts with asking your actual employees, um, whether it's your sales reps, whether it's management and the sales reps or the entire company, whoever it might be, you know, you can ask the company dog too if you want, (laughs) whoever it might be, but it's just to benchmark kind of where you are now because a lot of times you might think that you have a great culture of learning, but your sales reps disagree. Mm -hmm. Like if they're afraid to give you honest feedback as a leader, you don't have a culture of learning. Mm-hmm. Um, if if they feel like their ideas aren't welcome, you don't have a culture of learning. On the other hand, some, some leaders might think, I have no culture of learning. Oh my gosh, I'm failing my team. What am I gonna do? But then at the same time, it might be the opposite. Your team might think that you have a culture of learning already, um, or you might be somewhere in the middle. It's just really important to find out where to start because It's the opinion of the company as a whole and not just yours as to where you stand. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I just think that's important to point out is that it's all about embedding certain ideas and practices into your day-to-day activities Mm -hmm. so that people get used to it. And then it just becomes so natural for them to say, like, I can say to Rebecca, hey, Rebecca, you know, I didn't really, I think maybe for the podcast we should do this instead um, to kind of add humor or whatever. Mm -hmm. And She'll take my feedback. No one take no one takes offense. It's because we we want everything to be better, and I, that's the true meaning of a learning culture. Yep, I, it's funny because this suggestion that you're pointing out of surveying your team and asking them for feedback is learning, right? You're yep. gathering information as leadership 
as the leader of a company to survey your team and say, hey, what do you think about our learning culture? Now you're learning about your team. And in the ebook, you give some really great questions that you can ask in your feedback survey. I won't give them away because you have to grab the ebook, criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 81. But uh, yeah, you have some great questions in here. And I just want to point out too, the the whole premise of the ebook is that it's so natural for us to learn today. Um, we are constantly learning. It, this is kind of strange to bring up, but I had I went to a Jesuit university. Fordham was a Jesuit university. So it's Roman Catholic, and we were required to take philosophy classes, ethics classes, and theology classes. Mm-hmm. And basically, the point of these classes are to make you question literally every aspect of the living world until <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea what anything means or why you're on earth or like <laughs> just questions your existence, everything. And um, that just reminded me of a learning culture and kind of, kind of along the lines of like, humans are always looking for any type of truth, whether it's in science, whether it's religion, no matter what you practice, um, whether it's doing a Google search to prove your friend wrong about something. We're always looking for answers and it needs to be the same at work. We need to be changing. We're used to changing. Mm -hmm. Um, The world is a lot different than it was even last year. And a learning culture is what's going to make sure your employees are happy and they feel like they're um, becoming better and they're not, you know, at a dead end job. And the fact of the matter is we have a great economy right now and people will leave your company if they feel like they're working in a stagnant place where there's no room for growth or development. And I just think that that's why learning culture is so important. You'll keep your top performers. You'll make, you'll nurture your junior employees into being top performers and it's a win-win for everyone. Definitely. And just a little note that I'd like to throw in there. Um, You know, we're talking about learning and I can't help but think about this as an educator, like from an educator's background. And I totally, uh, poo-pooed higher learning earlier, but that's that's what my background is in, is in higher learning and teaching writing is how I started off my career. And I'd like to give you kind of a sales, it's weird, it's weird to talk sales in relation to teaching, but as a person, let's, let's actually go to behavioral assessments. On the disc wheel, as a high I, I do not like to lose. And to (laughs) me, my students not learning is losing. Mm-hmm. If a student came into my classroom and they didn't learn anything, then I was a failure at life, right? Wow. <laughs> you must have felt pretty bad because some people just don't care. Some people just don't care. Some people don't want to learn. So you can only do so much. Yes. But I loved the challenge. When people would come in, I would say, I would, I would ask on the first day, who loves writing and there would be like one person it's a core class right one raises their hand all right who can tolerate it who can do it who thinks they're okay at it but they don't really like it you know and then who doesn't think that they can write and that was mostly the majority of people and i would have it's a core class right so i would have a lot of math major science major disengaged students and they would all say oh i'm not going to need write. i don't need to know how to write for what i'm going to do and my job after that was to convince them to prove them wrong. To prove them wrong, yeah. To convince them that they could write. It was just there was a formula to it, you yeah. know, because math people love formulas. So I came up with a little formula for them. But something that I learned in the process of teaching was how important learning styles are. Yes, which is 
visual learners versus kinesthetic learners versus versus auditory learners. Everyone learns in a different way. Yes. So as a leader, if you're listening in, you're a sales manager or your CEO, and you are trying to develop a learning culture in your organization, you might consider different mediums to help your salespeople, to help support your salespeople. And that's actually something that I love about the sales playbook, the Calavia sales playbook, and the fact that we use it in our day-to-day is that it has video, it has text, yep. it has exercises, it has different ways to learn as a salesperson and even in the marketing department. And as a team. And as a team together. So it's just making sure that you don't just, focusing on uh, behavioral styles is important and how someone behaves, but also focusing on how people like to learn. So should we just talk about the playbook now and how, how <laughs> it, because I really do think it's so important for Yeah, that's, so that's my last, last question was the playbook and focusing on how sales managers and CEOs and salespeople, what can they do in relation to learning culture and this topic in their playbook? How can they start to integrate learning culture into the playbook? Let's, let's I th- roll with it. I think of it this way. I think of the playbook as, well, since we since Calavia is literally the road theme, that's our yes. branding, I literally visualize it as a road. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like what gets you to go where you want to be. Um, if maybe you want to think about it as a foundation, it's like building something from the ground up. One day you can have a skyscraper, but you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I just, I feel like the playbook is home base. It's it's I said it earlier able it makes it you able to benchmark where you were and where you are now so you can really see how much you've grown yeah um it's hard to like look in the mirror and think that you've improved over any amount of time I mean maybe yeah, think about years. those before and a- the the like now and later is that you see for people on the first day of school right you take right. the kid on the first day of school the take take the kid on the last day of school they look completely different right but for the kid themselves they don't and notice the change, it's the first right? day of school in New York City yeah. for everyone, but for they don't notice it themselves. But if you're going to line up all the pictures of like the progress, or if you look at uh, an essay that you wrote, maybe your freshman year of college versus your senior year, you're probably going to cringe. Mm-hmm. Um, and you thought you were the smartest person ever when you first went <laughs> to school. But then, you know, you, you're constantly growing and you're constantly learning. And I think that the playbook showcases this and it and one thing that Charles actually mentioned to me that I don't know if I included it in the ebook, so I'll, I guess I'll say it here is um, one thing that they see working with clients is a lot of times people run into the issue that senior sales people will either f- get a new job or they'll retire or mm-hmm. they'll like leave the company, um, and with them leaves all of their knowledge. Yes, you did actually mention that. I remember okay. reading it. I just couldn't remember. <laughs> so if you know, it's really important, especially if you're hiring new sales reps or even just for people to learn in the future. You don't want you don't want all of your best practices and great information, secret sauces, whatever you want to call it, to be like captive in, in someone's head. head. Yeah. Because it's literally like holding it hostage. It it does nothing for them or the team if they're just keeping it to themselves because yep. even if you have a great idea, you can only run so far with it. Yep. Um, and I think that having a playbook that you can share all these ideas in and learn from one another just makes them even better. Yeah, so basically what you're saying is that a playbook essentially is kind of the glue for a learning culture, yes. right? I mean, it's what can keep a culture continuing to develop and learn because they're not staying stagnant in a place. It's not like, here's a Word document, 
that's these are all of our processes. These are all the scripts. This is everything we're going to do. You just take this document and this is what you're going to do for the next 10 years. Right. Instead, it's here's something that's changeable. It's editable. This is the process we're using right now. But if we, let's say we say things a little bit differently or the marketplace changes a little bit. And it's filled to the brim with our curriculum. And I think that's so important because, you know, as a sales manager, if I were a new sales rep, um, and I was at one point coming for Criteria for Success and the playbook was the greatest tool because I can't imagine what it's like to be dumped into an environment and it just expected like, here's a day of training, here's a yeah. manual and have fun. Maybe we'll <laughs> give you a training once a year or whatever the case might be. I can't imagine. It'd be so difficult. I feel so spoiled yeah. having come into a company, especially our company with the sales playbook um, because I've never stopped learning and I'm still finding like new cool information in the playbook. It's constantly being updated. Um, and I just think that it's so useful. Definitely. I don't know if I've even talked about this on the podcast yet, but actually the playbook is what attracted me to criteria for success all those years ago now. Yep. <laughs> um, I was doing some sales consulting for companies, mostly in the restoration industry. And it was just really frustrating that, you know, we would go through training, we would plan out the next three months of what we're going to do. But then there was nothing documented further than that. And we couldn't figure out a way when I was working with different clients, the clients, you know, had a hard time figuring out how to manage the processes and what to do. And when I first heard about CFS and how they have this playbook where you're taking all your winning plays and you're putting it in the playbook and continuing to develop them out. I said, whoa, all right, this is what I have been missing all amazing. of this time. My clients would love this. Mm -hmm. And then they sucked me in. And you've been, and you've here, been here ever since. Been here ever since. And I just have to throw this out because I love talking about the playbook with other people. So if you, any of you guys that are listening want to learn more about Clavia, I'm sure Rebecca will include it in the show notes, but I know some people listen to this in the car. So you can visit go.criteriaforsuccess.com forward slash grow dash sales mm -hmm. and it'll be in the show notes if you can't find that or if I wasn't clear enough but um, call us up we want to talk to you about a playbook we love to learn about what people think a playbook is for themselves or if they have their own um, it's just something that we're all really passionate about so. definitely yeah that's what we live for here is growth and development call us up right <laughs> that's we'll it. talk your ear off about the importance of a playbook <laughs> well maybe not talk their ear off we'll ask lots of questions yes right <laughs> but of course we could talk about learning cultures all day long i want people to check out your ebook because i'm so proud of it and i'm proud of you yeah and feel free to email me and let me know what you think um my email will be in the show notes yes Contact Ariana and give her feedback. Yes. Please. Give me all the feedback. You and want. if you can't get to the show notes, you could always shoot us an email at podcast.criteriaforsuccess.com and we will get it to Ariana and make sure that she gets your feedback. So please shoot it over. I, we we want to hear it. Yes, please. I'm begging you. <laughs> I want to learn. Uh, any last words? I think that's it. Um, I just want to say again how, how lucky I feel as an employee to have a culture of learning. So if you're a manager or any type of leader listening to this, like keep trying to create one for your team. Um, we have a bunch of resources to help you guys along the way. We're gonna have um, blog posts about this every, almost every day of the week. Um, and we have a webinar coming up with, I believe Deb? Yep, with Deb Calvert. Yep, so we definitely have the resources. If it's not enough, again, always 
just give us a call or an email. We love talking to people. <laughs> That's why we started this podcast. <laughs> so feel free. But um, yeah, definitely stay tuned. And we hope that it works out for you guys. Yes. Thank you, Ariana. You're welcome. And she did mention we have a webinar coming up about learning cultures, and that is actually going to feature Deb Calvert from the Sales Experts channel. So if you follow the Sales Experts channel, you're going to love this webinar episode. If you visit criteriaforsuccess.com and click on resources, you can get to that webinar, I believe, or yep, under, it should be there or under events. It's under events, but perhaps. it'll be in the show notes regardless. Oh yeah. I forgot about the show notes. Yep. Yes. We'll have them in the show notes for you. So if you are interested in jumping on that webinar, please join us. The live session is on September 26th, I believe. It's a Thursday. I don't have my outlook open so that I don't chime during this podcast, but <laughs> it'll be in the show notes. So check it out. And as Ariana mentioned, we're going to be talking about learning cultures all month on the blog on Criteria for Success. So check that out. You can read more about what a learning culture is, how to incorporate it. We'll have some different voices on there so you can kind of read. And give us some feedback. Leave us some comments. We'd love to hear from you guys. I've said it a thousand times and it's the Definitely. truth. <laughs> That's right. And the show notes again are criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 81. And of course, tune in next week. We're going to be interviewing Doug Holt. He's the CEO of Branded Innovation. Great guy. Love that episode. So please tune in. And Friday is an inspiration narrated by Ariana. Oh, boy. From Bill Gates. So check that out. And if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to shows, your ratings and reviews. They do help other people to find us. But most of all, we appreciate you. We appreciate our listeners. Yep. We're loving doing Let's Talk Sales, and we would love to keep doing Let's Talk Sales. So. We're almost at our one-year anniversary. Yes. So we might have to do something special for that, I just realized. I know. It's very exciting. I can't believe crazy. it that it's already been a year and we've just been cranking. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's Talk Sales is a production of Criteria for Success, and it's produced by Rebecca Toomey, Ariana Miskell, and Elizabeth Frederick. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening today, and happy selling out there. See ya. <laughs>